Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco, and these are the stories we're following. Former California State University Chancellor Joseph Castro has been dismissed from a lawsuit filed by a former Fresno State student. The suit alleged harassment and retaliation in violation of California's Fair Employment and Housing Act. Castro had resigned as chancellor in February 2022 over outrage for his handling of sexual harassment allegations against former Fresno State Vice President of Student Affairs Frank Lamas. Lamas was also dropped from the lawsuit. 18 California children are suing the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for allegedly violating their constitutional rights. The lawsuit says the EPA is allowing pollution from burning fossil fuels to continue, despite knowing the harm it poses to kids. And a California law meant to ensure overtime pay for farm workers may be leading growers to cut workers' hours, and thus actually reducing their paychecks. That's according to new research out of UC Berkeley. KQED's senior immigration editor Taiki Hendricks explains. For decades, agricultural work was exempt from fair labor standards requiring overtime pay. But in California, a 2016 law phased in overtime protections, so farm workers earn time and a half after an eight-hour day or a 40-hour week, just like other workers. Now, an agricultural economist at UC Berkeley finds, in the first two years the law was phased in, weekly earnings shrank as employers cut hours to avoid paying overtime. Alexandra Hill conducted the study. I wanted to see, did this law make workers better off? And in the short run, the answer I'm finding is no. Hill says some farm workers may be glad to work fewer hours and might be less prone to injury as a result. But financially, many took a hit. She says more research is needed on how to craft policies that protect workers' rights without hurting their already low incomes. For The California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus... You'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Migrant farm workers used to make up a large portion of the agricultural workforce. In recent years, those numbers have decreased, but rules for living in migrant housing are still largely the same. And it's creating a difficult situation for those living in these centers across the state. That's according to a year-long investigation by the Sacramento Bee. Here to tell us more about their findings is Sacramento Bee reporter Lindsay Holden, who worked on the investigation. Lindsay, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us, what exactly do you need to qualify for migrant housing? Um, so the state has 24 migrant farm worker housing centers that they're state subsidized. Um, and to live there, you have to get some of your income from agriculture. You have to income qualify and you have to move at least 50 miles away um, for at least three months once the centers close because they're operated on a seasonal basis. Can you tell me more about this 50-mile rule? What was the initial purpose, and is it still living that purpose now? Yeah, so from the centers were developed in the 70s. The farm worker population looked different back then. Um, there were more single men migrating to work, and it's kind of changed now. It's a lot more families. The initial purpose of the rule was to ensure that the folks living there are truly migrants, and that continues to this day, um, basically, they want to keep this housing for migrants who are particularly vulnerable because they come seasonally and work and they may not be able to find other temporary housing. It seems like there are a lot of obstacles for living in these centers. Why do farm workers choose to stay here then? I mean, they get safe, affordable apartments. Basically, most of the people who live there pay under $400 uh, a month and they just can't really find anywhere else that fits the bill. Um, and then also, I mean, folks have been coming here for generations. I mean, some of the centers, me, me and my coworker, um, Matthew Miranda visited, people have multiple generations living there, grandparents, their siblings, like grandkids. And so for many people, it's what they've known. That's This has been their life. And so they just kind of keep coming back to the same places. Mm-hmm. And you'd mentioned it's not just migrant workers who are staying at the centers. It's, you know, their families, their grandparents sometimes. What effect does constantly moving have on the rest of the family? Yeah, I mean, especially we looked at kids' education is especially impacted um, by moving. If you go to Mexico, then you go to school in a different language um, and totally, obviously, different curriculum, everything. And that just really makes it hard for kids to keep up in school 
depending on what age kids come to the U.S., it makes it hard for them to learn English. Um, and that just puts them at a real disadvantage in terms of graduating from high school, you know, going on and advancing economically. It, it just really, really makes it hard. Mm-hmm. What do you hope people will take away from the investigation? Um, I mean, I really feel like California, the way it treats its farm workers is is really outdated. I think we, we say that in first stories. And I hope people think about um, these centers. People have never really considered in decades, at least, what could be done to improve the efficiency or the efficiency and, you know, the effectiveness of these centers. You know, should they be open year round as as the migrant farm worker population changes? Is that a possibility? Um, I feel like there's kind of a interesting attitude toward migration. I feel like it's not really like this grapes of wrath-esque romantic situation. It's like really hard. It really actually hurts families. And so what can the state do to make it easier for folks to settle in communities? Because that's the way people advance economically and improve their situations. And a lot of the parents, you know, we talk to, they don't want their kids to keep doing farm work like they did. They want them to pursue other professions. And so I think that's just something that state leaders should consider. Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That was Sacramento Bee reporter Lindsay Holden. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, December 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Marie Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care. Now, with more than 850 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randal Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.